Hey, kids, do you like wrestling? Well, we like wrestling, too. We are Shake Them Ropes here on the Voices of Wrestling Podcasting Network. Myself and Chris Novembrino kind of doing a lazy river of wrestling criticism, going through the news and whatever happened in stateside television wrestling. And also, you know what? Sometimes we just like to watch old stuff and talk about that, too. Love for you to give us a listen. If you haven't already, we are Shake Them Ropes here on the Voices of Wrestling Podcasting Network. This podcast is a member of the Voices of Wrestling podcasting network. Visit VoicesOfWrestling.com to hear the rest of our great podcasts, as well as show reviews, columns, opinions, and updates across the world of wrestling. Here we go! Listening to the Emerald Flow Show on the Voices of Wrestling Podcast Network. Welcome to episode 56 of the Emerald Flow Show. We're a podcast on Voices of Wrestling Podcasting Network. You can follow us on X at Emerald Flow Show, and you can listen to us on all of your favorite podcasting apps. And if you listen to us on Apple Podcasts, please leave us a five star review. And you can go to voicesofwrestling.com slash donate to donate to the show if you're feeling generous. I'm Gerard here with Paul. And uh, we got a lot to talk about this week because yet even more has happened <laughs> yeah. since we were here last time. Yeah, so I think maybe we want to need to touch on the big news of like that has been like rocking the world of Puro. Yeah, Okada leaving New Japan. Well, Paul, I know that you are a big Okada fan, so why don't you start with your feelings? Uh, I am obviously very disappointed that he's leaving. I think it is a massive blown to the scene as a whole. Uh, I am also not necessarily very happy with the way he has conducted himself on the way out, where he basically announced that kind of at the very last second, essentially, that he's leaving. Um, and I know there has been a lot of talk being made about, like, oh, like, should he have put on people over on the way out or whatever? And it's like, yeah, I assume, again, it was too late uh, for him to start doing that. But again, this is also on him again, kind of doing this like very late hush hush. And also, again, there's also the stories out there about him not wanting to put people over even before he was like announcing or before he was even starting the negotiation process. So to me, that is just incredibly disappointing because he so massively benefited from Tanahashi being very giving 
when he was arguably at his peak. Uh, and that really made him the star that he is. Uh, so him not being willing to reciprocate that in any way, shape, or form is just, or not seemingly not having learned from that, uh, is just very disappointing. As far as he as where he goes, to be quite frank, I don't give a shit. Uh, like I don't really, I don't think he's a good fit for American wrestling. Uh, so I don't really care whether or not he goes to AEW or he goes to WWE. Like a probably will watch them about the same amount to be quite honest well you know paul it does take two to tango so do you think like new japan dropped the ball anywhere though um i mean i assume i mean obviously that's a bit risk on their part where maybe they were assuming he was gonna stick around and that he would maybe they would eventually talk him into like putting some of the younger guys over right um that is obviously a risk that they took and it did not pay off for them uh, I don't know how much you could really force him into it, just based on the level of star that he is, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, that is always very, very difficult. I mean, obviously, if New Japan had known like six months ago, then they probably would have just like talked him into doing it somehow. Whereas, or would have just forced. He him did into put it. Sonata over. Well, that doesn't count. <laughs> like that. Like, I mean, whatever you think about Sonata, I don't think anyone is thinking that that guy is the future of the promotion because he just isn't. Right. Um, so this is not like him putting over Shota Umino, Yota Suji, Uemura, or anyone else, even Renarita. Uh, so, yet, again, if, if you're New Japan and you actually were like planning with him longer, then I get why they weren't forcing the issue this year. Uh, Whereas, who knows when Okada kind of made up his mind on that he was going to do this anyway. Because to me, I don't know, it feels like he probably already for like a year or longer probably was maybe already thinking about doing something like this. It's just my assumption, like it's just my hunch. And also like, I mean, it was kind of noticeable that he really didn't do much of note this year at all. No. Like of last year rather, 2023, right? Because he basically just spent a lot of time kind of fucking around in that six-man tag division. Which was noticeable. Again, like now in hindsight, it is very noticeable. Because again, beforehand, he was always the guy whose only, the only title that he ever held was the top title. And then all of a sudden, he was like, ah, oh, yeah, sure, I'll do these six-man titles. And now in hindsight, it's like, yeah, okay, because he probably was already planning on leaving anyway. Um, I just, I'm, I don't know. I mean, I don't, I, I just am not worked up about it as much as others, I guess. Um, I think New Japan made some big mistakes because, I mean, none of those, they didn't use like Osprey, who would have put over anyone, obviously, or Tanahashi or Naito to put over any of the Rewa Three Musketeers or Yuya Yumura or anyone like that, though, either. Yeah. No, definitely. I mean, New Japan kind of booking this weirdly as well because very clearly they want to get behind these guys as well. Uh, I don't, I'm not really sure they have really figured out how to actually get there yet, which is weird. I guess they don't want to just completely jump over the Sonata and Evil Generation and that's why they, we had this whole like long Sonata title reign, but yeah, I mean, I I don't really think it worked all that well. I mean, one of the other things I think that has been a bit of a talking point as well is this kind of 
what I will call like existential dread <laughs> in a way about well with Okada leaving does that mean just that just America or US companies will just poach every Japanese star going forward yeah I don't buy that no I don't buy that either because there's a simple difference between Okada and like everyone else and that is Okada is a massive star in the US like already was yeah I mean the man main evented Madison Square Garden um like even before AEW existed, he was a massive star as evidence that like when he actually came out on for the first time on an AEW show, he got a massive pop already. Like people knew who he was. And I just don't think like even if you like make Yota Suji your top star, he's not gonna like he's like whatever star he's going to be in Japan, he's not gonna have the same level of stardom in the US that Okada has. No, most likely not. So he's not going to get the kind of money offers that Okada very obviously got from WWE at AEW. Right. And um, so you're less in danger of him getting poached. Now, Shota Umino, I probably would be worried about. <laughs> well, also, I mean, I mean, there was that one report about Naito a couple years ago, but I never took that very seriously. Like, I don't think there was no. much interest in Naito ever when he was like healthy. <laughs> no, and Naito, obviously, I mean, Naito is also a special case because the man just absolutely is just fanatically loyal to new japan mm -hmm. which i which i never really got the feeling okada was in the same way because i mean he basically got sold to new japan <laughs> yeah like that's kind of like i don't know if people really like know that but like was a he started out as an ultimate dragon trainee and then Ultimo basically almost went bankrupt and New Japan bought Okada's contract because they saw all, the, all of the potential in him. So, yeah, I do think this is completely different situations. I mean, certain people I would be worried about, like Shota Umino, who obviously has, like, the connection with Moxley and everything. Maybe there I would be worried, but I, I, don't, I don't feel like with, like, Uemura or, like, Yota Suji or, like, whoever else will be coming down the pipeline will be getting these, like, massive money deals that Okada was offered to like jump and I no. think that makes it less interesting for them to like and I don't think anyone outside of New Japan is going to get raided yes that too well maybe the one I would be worried about is you know uh, one uh, Yuma Aoyagi having match matches with Takeshita but <laughs> well <laughs> maybe but I don't know I yeah, otherwise, yeah, no, I, I don't think AEW is now going to, like, swoop I mean, in and just, like, hoover off the, like, entire Japanese. I mean, and, and Takesha wouldn't have that job, even if he was the same wrestler without knowing Kenny. Yeah, yeah, no, that's the thing, yeah. I mean, like I said, to me, I mean, the funny thing is, right, like, everyone was doing the entire, like, anxiety routine when, like, William Regal got his do for son a match in Japan. Yeah. Uh, uh, whereas AEW has now taken up, well, Assuming Okada signs with AEW. Yeah. Like, assuming he signs there, that means AEW has now taken two aces, which WE has never done. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, yeah, again, those were two special cases as well. Takeshita signed there because he's friends with Kenny. Uh, um, and uh, Okada, if he's going there, is signing, well, because he's a massive star in the US. So he got massive money deals. And his friends with Will Ospreay as well, which probably helped him too. Yeah, um, and with the, and with the young bucks. Oh yeah, of course. Uh, 
the, so the I yeah I I would assume the AEW is the destination most likely. Uh, maybe yeah. Potter doesn't want to sign with WWE after. Yeah, I think also right now that doesn't seem like a good idea to sign with that company at the moment. No, all of that's going on, which is disgusting. So yeah, that's just it. Just looks bad if you were to do that. Um, very yeah. bad. Also, by uh, the way, great argue. Also, by the way, just real quick on the not gonna like deal into the whole WWE stuff because there's already a lot of people talking about it. Uh, the one thing I just want to briefly harp on is so, man, fucking TKO sure got bailed or like at least it that all of the sponsors start started piling in and that they somehow managed to actually like. Because Vince is insane, right? So like they were lucky that they actually managed to talk him into resigning. Yeah. Uh, because they had no actual way of forcing him out. Because the idiots that they are, they wrote it into the certificate of incorporation that he they couldn't force him out. Like it was literally written in there that the only ways Vince could be like leave the position as executive chairman was either for voluntary resignation, his incapacitation, or death. That's the only way he could have been removed. And so they were lucky, like, because if he would have had to put his foot down, like, they would have had no way of forcing him out, which, mm-hmm. you know, maybe a good lesson to learn is to not write, like, completely, like, corporate governance violating things into your certificate of incorporation because inevitably that will come back to bite you in the ass. Yeah, that's, yeah, uh, that's uh, not surprising that they're, he suckered them all into that, which is hilarious. But yeah, I mean, just incredibly dumb business move. Um, I hope I hope they do a full cleaning there because yeah, that fish was always thinking from the head, and that just goes all the way down. You need to like a full spring clean there. Yeah, and also, I mean, they're not going to be uh, concentrating on uh, other markets. Oh uh, yes, if they if they ever actually was any kind of plan to do some sort of cooperation with Japan with all Japan, that is beyond the whole uh, uh, Charlie Dempsey thing. That is definitely dead now. Again, <laughs> dead again. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like we bury the WWE Japanese expansion like every six months. Well, yeah, but it it could definitely be dead now. Um, yeah, and the thing is, if they do clean house and they put in non wrestling people, which is a double-edged sword in a lot of ways because you still have to know people that know the business. Mm. Uh, they're definitely not going to Japan. No. They're going to just look at the whole structure and be like, yeah, no, that's, why would we do that? There's no actual benefit for us doing mm-hmm. that. Let's just go back there twice a year, we run Sumo Hall, make our money, and then we leave. And, um, oh, I forgot to mention, though, uh, New Japan trying to swipe top talent, they do it too. Oh, yeah. I mean, the pick they're most likely going to pick up musashi so yeah yeah i mean that's yeah i mean i guess that's within the michinoku pro size company but still especially with uh uh fujita junior hayato again uh you know we don't know what's going on or what like how long he'll be out with his uh, recent more i mean i mean if you just look at recently right because people are like oh man new japan never does like it's no it's done it loads like over the last couple of years, they took Sonata, who was who could have been a top star elsewhere as well. They took Shingo. Uh, they took uh, Taiji Ishimori, who literally pretended he was going to DS and then immediately turned around and debuted in New Japan. Yeah, they tried to get to Kashida too. They took Francesco Akira. Uh, yeah, but 
I mean, I think it's a little different, especially when you're a foreigner in all Japan. It wasn't really a viable full time job. Yes. But again, still, like, they did take him. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I don't, yeah, I have, I don't have any strong feelings about that, to be honest with you. <laughs> Although, I, I mean, I love Akira, but like, I get it, you know. Um, I don't know. I definitely get it from his perspective, but like, let's not pretend that New Japan isn't willing to just like poach people from other promotions. Yeah. Like, I fully get it from his perspective, but you know. Abushi kind of. Yeah, Ibushi. Yeah, Ibushi. Basically, they were like, "Yeah, just do this dual contract." Oh, it's too hard for you to work a dual contract. Well, I guess then you'll have to sign with us exclusively. Mm-hmm. And uh, so, what are your feelings about Tony Khan? <laughs> yeah, Tony Khan. I mean, I don't know. <laughs> it hasn't really changed, I guess. Yeah, I mean, I look. I don't know what. Like I mean, I, I was I, never like a big AEW fanboy to begin with, so I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> well, I mean, I just find some of the blame on the relationship between New Japan and AEW strange because, like, what's the worst thing you can say that they don't get that many top talents on Japanese shows? The, that's really it. That is definitely bad. Yeah. And I mean, it does make it easier for AEW to hire these people as well. Because they do have like existing relationships, sort of, I guess. Um, I mean, Osprey was always going to leave at some. I know that. Oh yes, no, no, no. The money would like. I know that you know. In many ways, he was more likely to stay than some other foreigners. But the money, even just from WWE, was just going to get too big for him to stay uh, in New Japan forever for the rest of his career. Like I just, I'm just trying to understand though, like. How, because the people like, like I just uh, bizarre with the amount of vitriol from New Japan fans at at AEW in terms of like, like okay, so what are the problems with the promotion? Well, the promotion is having well, like you know, business is down in Japan, but I just don't see how the AEW relationship has affected that. How has the AEW relationship affected? you know, the lack of push for the Rewa Three Musketeers. How has it affected the use of House of Torture or whatever you want to say is wrong with the company? I just don't see how AEW figures into any of that. Hmm. Uh, I mean, what I do think, though, what probably I think sets of like New Japan fans in general a bit as well is obviously that they're constantly being told how great it is that all of their favorites are signing with AEW, <laughs> which I do get that. Like, that is really annoying. Like, yes, okay, it's nice that, like, Osprey can still work, like, two shows a year in, in like, New Japan. I mean, but, like, you're still use, losing him as, like, a permanent member of the roster. And if, because that's what I feel like sometimes is, like, the perception there is, like, everyone's like, well, but obviously the American promotion has to be a favorite. It's like, no, but for people who like watching New Japan more, it sucks that these people are no longer going to be on New Japan shows. That's the right. problem here because they prefer watching New Japan. Like, I watch a lot more New Japan than I watch AEW. So I'm going to be watching a whole lot less Okada than I was before. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I guess that's sort of the perspective. Um, but it's a bit of a turnabout is fair play. So, I mean, you know, New Japan has done this too. Yeah. So that's sort of my uh, hesitation to sort of have that much sympathy for some of the I don't even think it's like this like horrible transgression or anything. It's just I can't get too worked up about it, basically.
I think it's also because New Japan for so long has felt like invincible in a way, right? Oh, it's very, because, it's very because impressive. Because it was the biggest promotion in Japan, and basically before AEW came around, it was the second biggest promotion on the planet. And it always felt like, like yes, WWE took some people from there, but in general, it was like its own thing and kind of untouchable. And that isn't the case anymore. And that's probably really scary for a lot of people as well, because they haven't really had to deal with that before. But uh, I mean, I'm I'm someone that finds something like uh, what they're going to do next exciting. Oh yeah, no, there's loads of like interesting young talent there. Exactly. Like I mean, said, Shota, like Shota Umino, like that guy is gonna be a guy. And Yuta Suji still has some stuff to figure out, but he's really good. Yuya Yorimura, we'll see about that. I mean, they have another one no one talks about is Oiwa because he's a Noah, but like he has a ton of potential. He does, but does he really have like the top New Japan guy vibe? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the, I think we I discussed mean, his, this before. His tag team partner has. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's funny. It's I mean, that's the other thing, right? We're talking about New Japan poaching people. They have been doing this long-term like plan oh, yeah. to poach Kaito Kiyomiya. The seduction of Kaito Kiyomiya. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly, right? Although I don't regret... Obviously, what they're doing. <laughs> I mean, Kaito is a Noah, Noah pilled, or at least was, obviously, right? You know, uh, he wanted to only get into the Noah dojo and everything like that. But, you know, maybe his... Tr- well, we don't know for sure, but, you know, maybe his treatment has affected him. Yeah, when well, now he gets old and he's like, you know what, fuck it, I'm just going to take the money and go to New Japan and get pushed. Screw you. <laughs> exactly. Uh, so the news doesn't stop there because both Fukuda, uh, Suyoshi Fukuda and Suji Ishikawa have given interviews. Uh, so, I mean, Ishikawa gave an interview and, I mean, it was sort of like what I think a lot of people are expecting. You know, he said he wanted to finish his career in all Japan, but felt like he had to leave. And a lot of it seems to be stemming from this actress girls thing in evolution. Uh, and Shuji said that he's going to freelance and he's probably not going to be that much longer in wrestling. Although I still think that means a couple of years left in him type thing. He's yeah. not I mean, can months. like go down to like do six man tags or whatever and open us for a while. Yeah. yeah. Well, he's going to be in the King of DDT tournament. Yeah, I mean, that's the kind of stuff I think we're not going to see him in for much longer. Yeah, and then Fukuda gave an interview that came out like uh, yesterday, and part two of the interview comes out tomorrow. Uh, I think he's making a big mistake with this actress, actress girls uh, deal in some ways, mm-hmm. but I also don't think he's completely off his rocker either. No, no. I mean, it definitely like makes him look a little bit... Like, it doesn't make him look completely insane. I think he just has bad instincts when it comes to that yeah well i mean look i get his thing he's like he he was the owner of the yokohama broncos basketball team he no longer is but he sees like the actress girls thing as like a halftime entertainment thing i mean again if that's your perspective then i get why you wouldn't want the evolution girls but like again i I, like i said it makes sense from a basketball perspective but again this is wrestling not basketball like it's yeah I mean, we were just talking about, right, the dangers of bringing in non-wrestling people to wrestling. Yeah. I think uh, well, I mean, that's on full display for this now, specific issue. Now, to be fair to Fakud, he also revealed that his wife passed away last year. So, yeah. And they have, like, a, a, a child in grade one. So, I mean, that's very sad. I yes. feel for no, him. No, that definitely sucks. 
and he uh yeah he's persevered on and everything i i'm you know you know i was somewhat surprised that he revealed that in the interview too um but like he says he's obviously not going to tear up the whole tradition of the company but he wants to make his guys into superstars and i think you're seeing that with the cytos they're everywhere yes on, which like, that's on definitely a positive thing where he's just pushing people out there and just get them into the media like he seems to be really good at that yes um but okay so also suji shikawa has been uh, announced as the general manager of evolution and Fukuda didn't say explicitly from my translations in like Deeple and all that, that the relationship is over. But the next Evolution show doesn't have any All Japan wrestlers on the undercard. It's got Shuji and Black Mensa Ray versus Kohei Sato and Sushi as the like fourth match. So that sort of, you know. Mm -hmm. And Mensa Ray is still refereeing as well. Yeah. Sunny debut as a referee. Mm hmm. And I watched the Soy debut of their new wrestler. Hmm. And, uh, well, she didn't do a lot except for some forearms. And this was against Itsuki Aoki. Uh, but uh, she's pretty good at selling. I'll give her that. She's got a lot of um, fighting spirit and everything like that. So there's definitely something there with her. Um, Actually, on the whole, like, evolution relationship probably being done. So... Like, the one that I'm thinking about here, like, what is your perception of Suwama in this whole thing? Well, we don't know to what... To me, I... it makes Suwama look kind of weak. It does. Because um, this was his idea. This was no... his baby. And then he just lets the president just kind of take it away. And, like, Ishikawa is the one that is basically, like, over this whole thing, is like, okay, I'm done with the company, I'm out like resigning in process essentially and Subama is just kind of sticking around and just letting his baby get taken away from him yeah I, yeah it does but I think at this point Subama is definitely not leaving or would take something really crazy yeah but he can't be happy about this right probably not but he's playing along with the whole like worked shoot stuff and everything like that. I mean, especially because this has the name of his fact. Like that's the thing that makes it even weird. Because again, it's named after his faction, and it's just, just yeah, it just makes the whole thing just even more bizarre in a way. Yeah. Like I'm wondering if they might actually change the name of it now that it's like separated. They're giving it a like different name, maybe. Well, and also, how do you think Status feels about all of this? Well, status the full service marketing agency. Yeah, they are. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I mean, they are have, well, they, I think they still are in business with all Japan, as far as I know. Mm -hmm. I mean, yep. this might, I mean, again, this might be like a thing where like contracts are probably running as well. And I mean, if they're still fine with working with All Japan, and I guess they're going to stay on the sponsor, but maybe if they're not, then maybe we're going to see them disappear from branding once the contract runs out. Because I feel like this is definitely not going to be something where they're just going to, like, break contract over it. Mm -hmm. You know? Paul, without counting Masanobu Fuchi, how many full-time wrestlers does All Japan have under contract now? Uh, not 
counting fruit tree fair would be Kento, Yuma, the other Yuma, uh, the other Aoyagi, uh, Rising Hayato is, right? Yep. The Saitos are, uh, Ashino is, Rio Inoue is, uh, Dan, so that's 10. I think that's it, right? Suwama, get... Suwama, Suwama is 11. Uh, but I think... Did you say Honda? Honda, that's 12. Inoue? Inoue, I already counted. Uh, Ashino? Uh, Ashino, I already counted. Okay, well, anyway, it's 13. Oh, it's 13. Okay. But wait, who am I missing then? Wait, so, Atsuki, Yuma, Shitaro, Anzai, yeah. Yuma, Ryo, anyway, Hokuto? Uh, oh, yeah, I forgot Hokuto. Yeah. So, yeah, um, that's not a deep roster. <laughs> well, also, who's the jobber? I mean, in a way, still. He, yeah, but he can't be that forever. No. This is why I thought Mensa Ray leaving was not the greatest. Yeah. I mean, but maybe you're going to be able to pick up someone else. Yeah. From the Or maybe someone like if Ganbare is kind of falling, might, might be falling apart a bit as well. Maybe you kind of will be able to grab someone from there. Yeah. Well, let's talk about that. Ganbare is going independent. Leaving Cyberfight. Now, what do you think, Paul? Is this a case of them wanting to spread their wings, do their own thing, or is this a case of uh, Cyberfight maybe tightening their belts? Yeah, I mean, Cyberfight. I mean, yeah, because they lost like what, like seven hundred thousand yen last year, which is not a lot. That's not a lot. It's not a lot, but it's it might be like you know, if you want to cut some fat, that's a very obvious one. Mm -hmm. So you're probably like because. Also, right now, it seems to be the plan is that they're still going to stay on Wrestle Universe, right? Mm -hmm. uh, so, I mean, I guess it makes sense to kind of just be like, okay, you can still be on our streaming service, but we're not just going to like pay for your shows anymore. So, yeah, to me, that was like an easy one. Where maybe it makes more sense to kind of like focus a bit more on your like existing properties because I was also like, yeah, I don't really know. Like, I know there's a lot of people that really, really like Ganbara and they do have some really good shows, but I was also, like, always struggling to see, like, what they were really, like, offering to Wrestle Universe or to Cyberfight. Yeah, for certainly for to keep them running. Yeah, exactly. So I I do kind of get why, like, probably someone just looked at the plan. I was like, why do we have this? Mm -hmm. Let's just cut it loose. Well, it'll be interesting to see if that belt tightening happens with DDT or Noah. Not DDT. <laughs> well, I mean, with Noah, okay, here's the thing, right? Like I was saying, they were like, they only lost like 700k yen. I mean, the one thing you can cut for Noah, and as much as I love their stages, but like they probably would have been profitable if they just kind of like <laughs> cut that budget in half. Because yeah. those stages were like massive and really expensive. So if you want to, like, that's the thing, like, I like that's actually if they want to cut the NOAA budget a little bit to, like, get to, like, profitability or close to it, I wouldn't actually start with the talent. I would actually start with stuff like that. Oh, you could be a little more discerning on some of your foreign and talent. <laughs> yes, that too. Yeah, no, definitely. You can kind of cut the fat there where it's like there's some luchadors 
you probably like there's definitely luchadors you should keep and like keep inviting back and we're going to talk about some of them but there's others where like you know i i don't think you actually really need these guys and i mean not just for the foreigners there's also like some other people on that roster that at least still pop in every once in a while where i'm like do do the do you actually need to pay this guy do you have to pay cash for Gina? yes that's the one specifically i was talking about i was talking about the guy that is doing nakajima cosplay yeah uh because, uh, well, Fu- um, Funaki seems to be gone. Yeah, Funaki seems to be gone. Hideki's gone. But, you know, Hideki, he always... Hideki just kind of ditched them. <laughs> he could slow their back in. I wouldn't... I wouldn't. Uh... I mean, his faction is still there. So... <laughs> yeah, yeah. So Right, because that doesn't feel like Noah just let him go. That just feels like he just kind of just exited Noah through the back door without telling them. Maybe he saw All Japan getting hot and was like, I need to go there. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that would be a very Hideki thing to do. Yeah. And same with the possible WWE thing and everything. Yeah, he could have smelled that. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. So that is interesting. So we'll have to keep an eye on and see what else Cyberfight does, any restructuring. So we're going to go to All Japan. And we start with the New Year's Giant Series 2024 at Esporta Arena. Hachioji in front of 1,588 fans, which was more than Kento and Yuma Aoyagi did last year in February. Mm-hmm. So I think that continues some decently strong numbers for them. I mean, yeah. I mean, obviously now the Abby showed if you've done so far this year, has drawn, drawn above 1,000 people. So that's obviously good. I have to say I'm a little bit disappointed just because they moved from the sub-arena to the main arena. Mm-hmm. And and like you said, they did draw more, like around 300 people. But yeah, I mean, I don't know how much more expensive it is to run the main arena. Yeah. But like, I would have hoped that maybe that would have resulted in a bit more than 300 additional people. Well, I don't think I feel that like they... you probably could have fit 300 additional people in the sub arena, right? They didn't exactly do the greatest job of hyping this Nakajima versus Shino match until like the last. No, no they really didn't. But at the same time, like, look at the top matches of the show and look where Kenta was on the card. Yes. No, that's that a good point. Yeah. That they would have never been able to draw 1588 without Kento. Without Kento anywhere near the top of the card. Yeah. yeah. And just Kento just kind of buried in a random match. And yeah, at Nakajima definitely beating the like allegations that he is in the draw. Yeah. Because I think that's very safe to say now at this point. Mm-hmm. First match, Shuji Ishikawa and Black Lance Array, All Japan Pro Wrestling. Last match, Shuji Ishikawa and Black Lance Array went to a draw with Ren Ayabe and Ryo Inoue in 15 minutes. Um, you know, I'm kind of surprised that Mansare did not get pinned here by Inoue. But uh, I thought that this was actually a decent little match. And I thought Shuji and Mansare worked harder than they needed to. Yes. I was kind of afraid that this was going to be like five minutes in and out. And yeah, like Ishikawa and Mensure not really taking any bumps. But they did, they did work harder than that. But I also agree that like I was very surprised that this went to a time limit draw. Like, you could have, like, I mean, Mensure, you could just pin Mensure, especially like since Inoue is getting a title shot. So, like, I don't get why they didn't just do that. Yeah. Um, 
And then Suwama Hideki Suzuki and Hikaru Sato defeated Minoru Suzuki, Naruki Doi, and Hokuto Omori in 1227 with a double arm suplex from Suzuki on Omori. Mm-hmm. Um, perfectly fine match. Suzuki and the Suzukis did their, you know, their little uh, grappling and, and uh, catch stuff, which was fun. But this was all just to set up the fact that, you know, Suwama and Hideki had some miscommunications and then they're finally going to have their singles match. I mean, finally, we're, we're, we're doing something with this. And I assume whoever wins there is going to be the next Triple Crown Challenger. Yeah. And then next up, Ken Omiyahara and Rising Hato defeated Kuroshio Tokyo Japan and Sego Tachibana in 11.01 with a shutdown suplex hold from uh, Miyahara and Tachibana. Uh, it is, honestly, it is funny to watch Miyahara and see how angry he is <laughs> at the Jiro entrance. And he's See, like, coming around ref- to the Jiro entrance. Well, it no, but Kento yelling at the referee to tell Jiro to get in the <laughs> ring worked. And then Jiro went to the back, and then like um, Daisuke Kamabayashi came out and like dragged him to the ring. See, I mean, like I said, I am fully Jiro pilled now. So uh, I, 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 I do actually, I do actually, I do actually enjoy his entrance even on VOD now. So. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, so that, that I mean, uh, maybe it's just Stockholm syndrome because I did see it like I did see it like five times while I was assaulted you. But... <laughs> <laughs> yes, so no, but I I did actually still enjoy it. And again, I think what it also helped really like it's again like something that really makes it as well as just seeing other people's reaction to the entrance. So like for example, Kenta here I think really helped it as well. Um, actually, on one of the Corrigans I was at, it was the match that like Yuma was in as well. Where Yuma was like forcing the referee to do the like Ikeman dance with him. So you know, like it, it like it's just like once you kind of just like once you stop worrying and uh, and join the Ikeman, uh, it you just kind of like just embrace the chaos of it all. It it becomes a lot more enjoyable. So that I mean, obviously, and it obviously always gets heat. And I mean, Jiro's not going anywhere, so you might as well no. learn to live with him. And again, he's not. It's also not like he's getting pushed. I no. mean, okay. Let me ask you this, Gerard. Who would you rather have, uh, Jiro or Yoshitatsu? Jiro. Yeah. And basically, Jiro has just assumed Yoshitatsu's like position on the card. Yep, that's true. Except, I don't think Jiro's going to lose as much as Yoshitatsu. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay, well, but Yoshitatsu only started losing like last year, like yeah. previous. Like he basically has the position Yoshitatsu had like for most of his run in all Japan. Um, and then next up, and oh, I was gonna say Kento is not getting a gear TV title shot. Yes, <laughs> I mean it would have been very funny, yeah, but it also very much felt him just being like, yeah, this is beneath me. I'm just gonna put you down now. Ah, oldest river blast in history, deathmatch current blast bat times three. Atsushi Onida, Great Kojika, and Raijin Yaguchi defeated Mr. Pogo, aka Shadow WX. Uh, he revealed himself to be Sue Trash. Sue Trash. Shadow WX shirt. He wore a Shadow WX shirt in the match. Onryo and Takumi Sakurai, who's like the youngest person in this match at 34, <laughs> in 10 10, with an electric blast bat attack sandwich from Onida on Onryo. Paul, this is a legitimate worst match of the year contender, minus five stars. Awful. This was 
so bad. The speed of, like, I think saying the pace of this match was glacial is an insult to the ice sheets. This was worse than any of those Matt Onita matches last year. Yes, by far. Like, at least yeah. some of those Onita matches, there was, like, some fun stuff there. Like, I, I still remember, like, the uh, the uh, Nosawa one, which was surprisingly good. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that was... Uh, yeah, because, like, I had, like, no expectations going into that match. I certainly had no expectations going to that, into this, and then it was still, like... <laughs> yeah, this one was... This one, yeah, this one went way under expectations. I was like... Okay, I, I don't think this will be good. And then it was worse. It was so much worse. It was just nothing happening. And Kojika just, like, like for, like, a few years there, there was, like, some charm to it. But, like, there's no charm left here. Like, it's just embarrassing. Well, it's not only embarrassing. Paul, it's getting a little disturbing to me. He's got to stop this. Because did you see he had, like, a puffer after the mat? Oh, yeah. yeah. I'm had, like, like, an oxygen no, mask. No. Well, it wasn't an oxygen mask. It was a can. I don't know what still, maybe it was like steroids to open up the lungs or something. He doesn't but, die. Uh, he's 80 I mean, he's 81, 81. Jesus Christ. He's not that far from my granddad. Taking, my grand, I definitely don't want to see my granddad wrestle. Taking bumps. He took bumps. Yeah. Multiple bumps. Yeah. Small bumps, but still. Uh, he, did a, he did a hot, fiery baby face comeback. At, like, yeah, no I don't more. know. I, I'm pretty sure he's still doing it now. I'm sure he'll do it again, but it's just too, I don't know. Also, the 10 minutes was totally unnecessary. Yes. No, this was embarrassing, and just everyone should feel bad. The crowd was dead silent. He didn't care. This didn't sell a single ticket. That's the other thing. Like, if you want to put out, like, a shitty match with old guys because you think it's going to sell some tickets, this didn't sell any tickets. Nobody paid money for this. No. Because... If there had been people that paid money for this, they would have made noise during his match, and it didn't. Yeah. So, uh, it's not over because Onita still holds the All Asia Tag Title. But if hey, if that all wants to get solved in, in, over in DDT, that's fine by me. I mean, I mean, there is a lot of history with these titles and All Japan and all of that. But if DDT really wants to take them, I'm not going to stop them. <laughs> Well, I mean, I meant just like getting the, like Onita losing them in DDT. I don't know. I mean, as long as Onita loses them at some point. Yeah. Although this roster is not particularly big enough to have two sets of tag titles either. No. I mean, so, who would you even put it on? Uh, Atsuki and Hayato. I guess. Make them into the default junior tag titles again. Yeah, and then you can bring back the. You can or not bring it back. They already ran it like the Junior Tag Battle of Glory. Yeah. But like, can you even imagine a match? Onida having a match with Atsuki, Oyagi, and Rising Hayato? How would that even work? <laughs> That's why I say they should lose them in DDT first to someone. Oh, and then they can like have have a team that can actually wrestle. Yeah. Yeah. Lose them to. Oh, I was, I was gonna say, do you Kuroku still injured? Is he gonna be out for a while? I don't know. I don't know. Put him on. Put those on him and Okada when he recovers, and then have him drop to uh, the All Japan team. Yeah, but then you have to convince Okada to work All Japan, which I don't think he wants <laughs> to do. <laughs> so next up, <clears throat> okay. So that's like the halfway point of the show. This is 
the intermission, everything, and then obviously things picked up from there. Thank God. Yes. It was like two different shows, basically. <laughs> yeah. All Japan versus DDT special tag match. Yuma Aoyagi and Asuki Aoyagi defeated Kanosuke Takeshita, all caps, and Hideki Okatani in seventeen twenty when Yuma used the fool on Okatani. And this delivered yeah. big time. This was great. No, Takeshita is so good. Like, it's a shame that he's just kind of like not really doing much of note in AEW because I feel like he would be such a like especially would help out DDT so much if he was just there like regularly again. Because uh, I feel now you think he, with the new character and everything he feels refreshed. Right, that was a bit of an issue with him in DDT right. towards the end because he had just done everything. Where like yeah, he's just so great, just like throwing bombs like left and right, and Yuma also like selling his ass off for him. I thought he and, and Aski also worked really well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, like he he's great, and Okatani too. Like I think Okatani, like he's really good. Like they, these were just four great. It's a bit of a charisma transplant. Yes, that that is his big problem. But uh, otherwise, again, yeah. four great wrestlers just having a great wrestling match. Yeah. Just and I mean that match. I mean Yuma and Takesha is gonna rock. Yes, yeah. But that, uh, is, that is definitely like yeah, that's something where like I'm going in with like sky high expectations for that. But the results pretty for. Yes, no. I mean Takesha's like I mean especially because Yuma won here, so like Takesha's gonna beat him in the singles match. Yeah, which is fine. It's Konosuke Takesha. Like Yuma can take that loss. It's okay. It's before the carnival. You can always rehab him. Yeah, exactly. You could do, like he loses there, and then you just give him a strong carnival, and it's fine. Okay, but here's the. F- I mean, I'm gonna get my hopes up, but like, do do we think there is a chance Takeshita is in a carnival? Uh, no, no. Especially, <laughs> well, we'll get to that. The carnival schedule is compressed this year. Hmm. So you would have to work. You would have to be less worried about him having to work like dates in the U.S. because there's just less time that you need him for. I mean, it would be very funny though if, like, basically, New Japan gets like the leftovers for their tournaments from AEW, and then All Japan gets Takeshita for the carnival. It would be very funny, but, but I, I, it's not very likely. No, I just don't see it. Uh, and then next up, PWF World Junior Heavyweight Championship. Dan Tamara defeated Koji Iwamoto in 16 minutes with a powerbomb to make his second defense of the titles. I thought this was turned into, started off a little slow, but I thought this turned into a great match. These guys really walloped each other. Um, there were some cra- that Every time Dan takes a Iwamoto vertebraker, I like cringe. Oh, God, that vertebraker looked so fucking scary. <laughs> Uh, that actually was like for like a brief second. I was like, "Did he just break his neck?" On okay, no, he's fine. Okay, <laughs> but I mean, this was not your typical junior match. But I mean, like, think about the styles of these two guys, and it really delivered. I thought. Yeah. No, I mean that's what I really like about Dan style. I think I talked about this before. Where like he's a power junior that can sell, and that just is such a rare thing. And it worked out really well here because. I actually bought in a little bit where I'm like, is Iwamoto just going to like win this? Because he was just beating the shit out of Dan. Yeah. But uh, here's the thing. Iwamoto said bye-bye on Twitter afterwards. Yeah. So. 
which is a shame because he's so good shame. and I was really hoping that he was going to stick around. But I mean, you know, maybe he just wants to take a little bit of time off and then he comes back. But, or maybe yeah, he's like, I'm out of this place. It's going wild. Yes, that, that is basically the two options where he's like, yeah, I'm just gone now. Or he was always just going to be like a part-timer and then he like, I don't know, comes back in, th- in three months or whatever. Yeah. So uh, yeah, I think he probably might be back. I don't know. We'll see. I mean, maybe uh, if they're running like the tag battle of glory, maybe he's back for that. Mm-hmm. And then after the match, Tamara nominated Fuminori Abe to be his next challenger. Now that's a match that was booked specifically for me. <laughs> like that, that, that's yeah. I uh, that like, if we're talking about like me going in with super high expectations for Aoyagi Takeshita, I have probably unrealistic expectations of how good that match is going to be. I'll say this though, the thing with this is like it's going to be at Corkin and sometimes those match at junior title match at Corkin they only get 12 minutes but with Abe I think you can really do something great in 12 minutes. Yes, that that's the because Abe is really good at working these kinds of sprints as well. Yeah. So while I don't think they're going to get like 20 minutes, like no. if they're given like 12 minutes I think Abe is going to come up with something really good for that. For sure, some more headbutts probably. Oh gosh, yes, no, they're, they're, it definitely. If you're not into shoot headbutts, uh, yeah, don't watch that match because there's gonna be some thrown, or also potentially just shoot punches to the dome as well. Yeah, which is a thing Abe did during Ambition. Oh god! Uh, when I watched, it. yeah, him and Iria, where he was just like basically told the crowd to shush, and then you could just hear his knuckles hit the fucking skull. Yeah, it was pretty disgusting. <laughs> that that was actually worse than any suit headbutt I've ever seen. Mm-hmm. And then next up for the World Tag Team Championship, June Saito and Ray Saito defeated Ryuki Hana and Yuma Anzai in 1756 uh, with the uh, sh- the Shote, which is called the Eyes Bean from Eyes Bean. I- what does that mean? Do you know? Yes. So it's a dish. Okay. It's basically okay. How do I describe eisbein? It's a very German dish. Uh, let me grab you a picture for okay, that. Okay, I'm looking at it right now. Yeah, it. I actually don't like it at all. <laughs> but it's a very stereotypical German dish. Some ham. Is that sauerkraut? Yeah, that it's like with sauerkraut, and it's like it's like basically like slow cooked ham, and yeah, I'm not a fan. Okay. Well, I bet you Ray is. Ray, obviously. And I mean, it makes, like, the name is very on brand. I mean, if you look at the titles, they yeah. look like people that like to eat Icebine. Especially Ray. <laughs> Icebine, yeah. Um, I don't know, Paul. I saw a lot of people saying this was good but not great, but I really liked this match. I thought it was, mm-hmm. uh, you know, they brawled out early and then they just threw bombs for the rest of the time. Mm-hmm. I mean, I was a little bit disappointed that New period didn't win, right? But again, the side rain has been a lot better than I expected it to be, because mm-hmm. I remember like when we were talking about it before, right? When it was becoming quite clear the Saitos were going to win the titles because the match was going to be in their hometown. I was like, ah, yeah, you can do like a short title reign with them, but they they have been re- like they really like turned it up to another level once they won the titles. So uh, I'm fine with keeping this reign going for a little bit longer. Okay, and, well, I'm going to give yeah. you a quick. Oh, so they made the fourth defense of the title, which puts them in the top ten of defenses on the title all time. Mm-hmm. Um, 
Also, quick review. I watched their match against uh, Demanji So and Ryuchi Kawakami in in great from the 21st. And if you liked this match against New Period, you will like that match. It was similar in a lot of ways. Uh, Kawakami and Damanji got a ton in your falls on them. And yeah, it was just another really good, like, you know, just throwing bombs at each other. I mean, Kawakami did a burning hammer to Ray. Jesus. Okay. Okay. No, I definitely need to watch that. That, that sounds insane. And the crowd, like, gasped, but then it didn't even lead to a pinfall. So it, from that, so it looks awkward, like if you understand the burning hammer and everything like yes, that. Yes, that is because I'm like, well, you just said they defended the titles, but he hit a burning hammer. So I'm like yeah. trying to square that. Did he? Okay, but it is, I mean, at the very least, uh, in a way, then it's almost better you didn't do a pinfall because like you don't want to kick out of that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, but I really enjoyed that match too. Um, I, and like, I mean, I guess, I mean, now I guess the titles are just going to hold the titles like through the carnival, right? Well, we'll see because after the match, Kento and Yuma came out to challenge, and that's going to be a Kyoto oh, yeah. KBS Hall. I about that. I could see a title change. Yeah. Maybe. I mean, it's, it's, a little, it's a little disappointing if this whole thing just ends with like the titles back on Yuma and Kento. Yeah, I, I think that I actually think the titles are retaining. I think you just got to go all in on them. Yeah. Although, great. I mean, might want their again, you put them out it. everywhere. Right. Yeah. I mean, and because like that, you're not gonna move them. Like even like I know that like Ray is gonna get his like singles title match, but like have them. You're lose. not gonna move them to the singles division. Like you want to keep them together as a team. So like you might as well just give them a long reign. Have them lose in like July or September or, yeah. or something, and then I think they should win the Weird World Tag League. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, I think that that is the best plan because, I mean, these guys are also like red hot as well. Yeah. So. Like it definitely feels like the like especially now. I mean, gotten well, we'll get to in, in a minute, but Ray Saito felt like a big star. Yes. Oh my god. Yes. So. No, you gotta um, keep you gotta keep going with these guys now because. Yeah. Yeah. So it I feel like that match. Go into the carnival with them with title belts and everything. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I really liked the match. I thought people thought were saying it was like good, but not great. But I really enjoyed it. I guess you could quibble about the wrong team winning, but. You just kind of got to go with the Saitos, I think. Yeah, and I mean, Honda and Anzai are also a great team as well, especially mm-hmm. for these two. And yeah, but they, but they kind of like, but they were like really trying their damnness as well to like overcome like the like Saitos advantages as well. Like I, I thought they played that off really, really well. And and I mean, again, I I am a bit disappointed that New Period didn't win, but like their time will come. Yeah. Obviously. And then in the main event for the Triple Crown, Katsuhiko Nakajima defeated Shitara Shino in 19 minutes and 40 seconds with the arm lock, the same one that he used against Kento. Um, and for his third defense of the Triple Crown, although Shino lasted longer than the arm lock, I thought this was pretty darn good, but I think it needed another five minutes. Yeah. I mean, to I... me, it was pretty much like a very, like, yeah, very steak no sizzle match, right? Mm-hmm. Like that was was missing was the sizzle, a little bit. There was a little sizzle towards the end. Yeah, but there was a lot of steak, and the steak itself was really good. It was just yeah. that little bit was missing to really elevate it to that. Ashina was great. Oh, I, God, I, yes. So I like went four and a quarter because like, but if you gave me five more minutes, I'd go like this is a match of the year contender. Yes. Yeah. No, it didn't get there, but it was like four and a quarter right where I'm at as well. And and another sick. 
powerbomb. Oh god, he folded him. And I'm like, oh. like I'm thinking, what was okay? Which which was the sicker spot? Was it the powerbomb or was it the vertebraker from? Well, I think it was the powerbomb because the only reason I cringe at the vertebraker because Dan took one from Mode before that looked even worse. Yeah. Uh, in an, in a couple months ago, so that's why I was like dreading it when I saw it. But I think the power bomb or the power bomb looked worse. Yes, because it just basically just folded them in half. <laughs> yeah. Although I mean, look, they told the great story with the arm. Yes. So I think it protected Ashino too. Yeah, I I feel like actually having like now that you're gonna go for longer for the title reign, having Kento be the first one to top out a tap out to the arm lock is the perfect choice. Yeah. Because. Nobody looks weak now tapping to that because right. Kento tapped it. And Ashino lasting longer, having just come back from an arm injury, does put him over in defeat. Yeah. And then so after the match, oh, we got to talk about Nakajima came out wearing the Rocky cosplay. Yes. <laughs> With Which the is... beanie and the gray like hoodie under his robe. And it also already looked sweaty as well, which I think was intentional too. And yeah, <laughs> but basically, right, the the reason was because he lost the title match, so he wanted to like regain his yeah composure as champion or whatever. Paul, have you seen Rocky Four? Yeah, I think Nakajima should have come out to Hearts on Fire. Yes, <laughs> but actually, no, 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 no. You know when he should come out to that against Ray. Because <laughs> I, I mean, Ashino is no like Dragunov. <laughs> Ray looks a lot more like Dragunov. Yeah. <laughs> well, not really, but at least he's the same size. He's big guy. Yeah. Yes. Um. So yeah, Ray came out after the match to challenge, and he got so much oh heat. Cut a promo, had the crowd in his hand. Like, mm. oh my god! Like, wow. He like that, a crowd down. stood up and did the Doom thing with him. Yeah. They got something. Yeah. And no one expected I, I am I am really surprised. Like I said, I, I think we both of us came really came around on the Citers last year, but I, I didn't expect this. <laughs> yeah, I mean that they would get this over like to this degree. Well, I mean, look, that's hey, we gotta give that's probably something that Bakuda deserves credit for. Yeah. Cause he really just kinda put a rocket on them. In terms yep. of like promotion. So that's a Fakuda F- W. Yeah. <laughs> we'll see. We'll and see bringing in Nakajima, I suppose. Yeah. Uh, the L's are, well, you know what the L's are. Yes. We'll, see. well, you know, I got to say, because I was going to bring it up earlier and I forgot to, um, Peps uh, from the Pro Gems podcast posted a great picture on Twitter from the uh, September show uh, at um, Yoyogi with the head that mm-hmm. said, Enu, Sari, and like Unagi and and Kyrie match, he posted a picture of their merch line, and it was yeah. huge. None of the none of the actress girls yeah. are getting merch lines like that. Like they had, well, they don't going. even get a merch line because they don't have merch at the shows. Yeah, they're they're no, not. But I mean, that. like that's already noticeable, right? Like that, like it's not just that they're not just selling enough merch; it's that they don't even like that the promotion doesn't even see it as worth it to give them even a merch line. Yeah. And of course, the other Joshi promotions aren't going to work with them because of Actress's rep of Heifei yeah. breaking and everything like that, right? So I just wanted to bring that up as well. Um, so yeah, I mean, that was a good show. 
Mm-hmm. Well, the second half. Yeah, the second half was a great show. Like if if I'm just looking at the second half, I'm like, yeah, that's a show of the year contender. And then I'm looking at the first half, especially that like death match, and I'm like, it was a good show, but that first half really held it back. <laughs> oh, I well, I watched the show live, and it started at two a.m., so I was getting a little. Uh... I don't know if I didn't know I was going to make it. I contemplated just going to bed <laughs> during that match or shortly after it ended. I survived uh, yeah. and watched the whole show live. <laughs> I, I, I basically I woke up when the Kento match started. Okay. Like I think I woke up like literally like at the beginning of the Zero entrance. <laughs> so that's the first thing I caught on that day was Zero, and you know what? It is actually a thing that can wake you up. Sure. <laughs> all right so um going over the next upcoming shows for all japan on the 8th of february new age chronicle sold out again rio inoue versus soma watanabe hideki shek shuri uh sakin versus imabari towel mascaris and yes it's it's 10 years or less in the business not age so that's why shrek yeah. is the show <laughs> junseno uh, race yeah. versus shotaro shino and kuma rashi does that take, like, is it Shino less than 10 years? Uh, it could be 10 years this year. Yeah, but it's probably right. Like, when did, when did the split happen with Russell? Well, 2013. Yeah, and he was, like, one of the first. Oh, like, he did in February 2015. Oh, okay, wow. Okay, so, yeah, he definitely counts then, yeah? Yeah. Uh, I think it's time to pull the, tr- the, pull the alarm and pull the Kumadoi alarm and bring them back. Yeah, because you need some tag teams. And yeah. again, they we know that they mesh well with the side of. Oh, they would, yeah. And you just need the bodies. Yes, that too. Um, and you have some money available because I assume Ishikawa was probably earning good money. Yeah. You probably split a salary and get both of them for that. You lost three wrestlers. You know. Mm. Oh, four. Sorry. Forgot about Amori. Omori was yeah. making probably something decent. Too. Oh yeah, Omori was making good money. Yeah. Maybe even Yoshitatsu. Yeah. Uh, so you well, definitely yeah. have money to bring in Kumadoi. Yeah. Even just regular freelancers. And then yes. Yuka Aoyagi, Yuma Anzai, and Ryuki Honda versus Hokuto Omori, Ren Ayabe, and Demanji. So would love to see more Demanji back in all Japan. Mm-hmm. I don't know. That's another one to bring in to like get some. I don't know there. what I don't know what the politics are because of his relation to Sai, and I don't know how that whole nah. thing went down. I mean, doesn't seem bad enough for him to not get booked on this show. Yeah. And then Rising Hayato and X, which will be revealed the day of the show, versus Dan Tamara and Hayato Tamara. Atsuki is the producer of this show, and they're sort of leaning into that. And they, there's a picture on Twitter of like them going, him and Hayato like with a bunch of papers in front of them on a table <laughs> going over the show. I mean, if you turn the Ariagi brothers into like running, uh, know how to run the a company backstage that you know yeah it seems like a good idea you know i it would sort of make them less likely to leave because if they jump they're not going to have backstage power responsibilities mm-hmm. and i mean i assume yuma already has backstage oh and for the record in that fakuda interview he referred to well he referred to both Mansur and ishikawa's matchmakers take mm-hmm. that all you will but I don't think I've ever heard Mensare being involved in that. No, way, but, yeah. but he was. But now Mensare said also in an interview that he was like booking venues and stuff, so he had backstage responsibilities. Mm. 
But Ishikawa is, is clearly the booker. I mean, if you need yeah. confirmation or one of them anyway. Yeah. So definitely going to see like maybe a few changes there as well. And again, one of the other things as well, right? Like a lot of, I know a lot of people are like worried about some of the things and like the whole like mastermind thing and all of that. But again, none of that has like so far that is purely limited to like Katsuhiko Nakajima Twitter videos. It has not in any way, no... shape, or form, directly affected all Japan products. Well, yeah, there was nothing about Mastermind on the show. Yeah. So I don't even know if that's... Well, we'll see what happens, but yeah. They're not beating you over the head with it, at least, which is no. a good sign. Um, so, and then Excite Series begins on February 20th at Corkin, uh, a Monday night show, and it's not a holiday, so I don't know what this is going to draw. But we'll see. Maybe, maybe the streak will finally break of, like, over 1,000 people in Korokan, but they loaded this one up, though. Yeah, special singles match. Hideki Suzuki versus Suwama. Uh, I'm actually going with Suwama because they're not going to run Oda Ward Gym with Hideki versus Nakajima, are they? Uh, there's history there. I think you can... Yeah, there is. Well, yeah, there's history of going to 30-minute drills. <laughs> no, but again, like yeah. I, I think you can actually like use that as leverage to actually like draw like a number with there, with, even if it is Hideki. But I, I think you can use that. Yeah. Because maybe. what's really the angle with Suwama? Well, he's Mr. All Japan. I guess. But I think actually Hideki versus like Nakajima, again, one of the reasons why Nakajima versus Kento is so successful is because you are kind of leaning into that like sure. bad blood, right? And you right, can kind of do that with Hideki as well. My only hesitation is because Hideki is an outsider versus True. another outsider. True. Yeah, uh, I but I I would say I would go with Hideki, um, but I can see the argument for Suwama, but I just think Hideki would be more interesting. And then for the Gayora TV title, we got Seiko Tachibana versus Rio Inoue. That's my sleeper pick of the show. Yes, actually, that that that's gonna bang because Tachibana is perpetually underrated. <laughs> and then uh, for the PWF World Junior Heavyweight Championship, Dan Tamara versus Fuminori Abe. Which we already discussed will be a banger, and for the I trip... do fully expect Dan to retain. Yes, I do too. As much as it hurts, as much as I would love to see Abba with this title, like it just makes sense to keep it on Dan. I think what you should do with Dan is have him beat Abe, have him beat Atsuki, and then have Hayato face him. Yeah, and then Hayato just beat him. Really put that over, basically put him over as this guy that has just beaten everyone. Yeah, and then he loses to Hayato. And then in their main event for the Triple Crown. We got Katsuhiko Nakajima versus Rei Saito. Yeah, big, I'm, expect, I'm big expecting kind of big things. Mm-hmm. I mean, definitely, it's like going to see like how viable the Saitos are, or at least Rei is as a singles worker. On also, top. big heat. Yeah. So, and then some other shows on the tour. But, like, okay, just be oh. quick. Like zero percent chance of winning. So. Oh, zero. Like, yeah, they, like sure. that, as much as we like, like them, like that makes zero sense to put the title on Ray Saito here. Not yet. <laughs> anyway. Not yet, but like <laughs> definitely not here with this whole Nakajima story the way it is at the moment. Yeah. And then, so uh, on the 24th at Akros Fukuoka, a sort of a Kento homecoming, Okudo Omori and Nuruki Doi versus Seki Yoshioka and Sego Tachibana. Yes. Yeah. So I forgot to mention Yoshioka's coming in at the end of the month on those like little southern southwest japan tour and brother yashi 
Well, yes, and Brother Yashi. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I mean, Yoshioka might be another guy you want mm-hmm. to. It do. definitely seems a lot more like him just leaving Noah was just him wanting to leave Noah, coming yeah. up with his excuses to do it. Well, yeah, I heard he was going to like do like training to be like, I don't know, an EMT or something. Yeah. But I mean, it sure still seems to be doing a lot of wrestling for that. Yep. Yep. And then we got uh, Suwama and Hideki, Suzuki and Hikaru Sato versus Roki Honda, Yuma Anzai and Rising Hado. So Suwama and Hideki are still going to be teaming after their match. And then yeah. World Tag Title skir- Skirmish slash Kento Miyahara Triumphant Local Return Memorial Six-Man Tag Match. Kento's dead? I don't know what that's. <laughs> oh god oh. Well, he's, he's a zombie apparently because he's in Kento Miyahara Yuma Aoyagi and Aski Aoyagi versus Jun Saito Rei Saito and Toshizo yeah I mean I still like I mean I obviously have a big soft spot for Hijikata always so I can never hate seeing Toshizo no it should definitely be a fun match but I mean Voodoo Murderers basically just exist as like the Saitos plus whenever they need someone to take a fall and then they bring in Toshizo and maybe Kono. Yeah, maybe Kono. But like even then, that happens very rarely now. Yeah. And then on the 25th of February at Kyoto KBS Hall in front of the amazing stained glass windows, mm-hmm. Dan Tamara, Rio Inoue, and Naruki Doi and Brother Yashi versus Rising Hado, Hikaru Sato, Seki Yoshioka, and Fuminori Abe. Um, wait, is Yoshioka on? Oh, okay. Yeah. He's on, he yeah. doesn't team with Dan at all. Uh, no. Woman Hideki Suzuki versus Roki Honda and Yuma Anzai. That's interesting. That should be interesting, yeah. And then uh, for the World Tag Team titles, Jun Seto and Rei Seto versus Kento Miyahara and Yuma Aoyagi. Now, so dates... should all Japan risk getting banned from Kyoto KBS Hall by just having Kento and Yuma toss one of the Saitos through the glass? <laughs> uh, are you sure? Like, is that real glass or is there like a concrete like right on the other side of it? Uh, I what I mean is, if it's just a real window, actually, sorry, not, yeah. I know it's real glass, but we can we can ask John. They they've been to the venue. Yeah. <laughs> um, and the champion carnival dates were announced uh, on the show, so we've got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten shows. But apparently, there's going to be more dates to be announced. Mm-hmm. What the website says. So obviously they start in Korokin on April 18th, which is a later start date usually, and it ends yeah, on May 12th. Yeah, generally they do it at the. Uh... Mm, sorry. Sorry, the final day is May 12th, which is a week later oh, than yeah. usual, though. Yeah. No, but normally they do start at the beginning of April. They do, yeah. It's the same as Mania weekend. Uh, well, it's because it... they're bringing on all of these WWE workers who couldn't work <laughs> uh, uh, Mania weekend. I don't know if you can necessarily rule out Dempsey in this, um, but probably not. Yeah. But I would not say it's impossible. Um, so I mean, maybe the company no longer exists by April. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's very possible. Yeah, right. Actually, yeah. yeah, and he's like, you know what? Actually, I will. I, you know what? If that happens, A, great. Also, B, uh, yes, absolutely. Bring in Charlie Dempsey. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, so, I mean, it starts at Korokin, you got Axity Hamamatsu, uh, uh, Chiba Mukari Mese International Exhibition Center, Exhibition Hall 4. Oh, I know that venue. Yeah, it's just one of those big halls. Shinagawa, Edion 2 in Osaka on the 27th. 
which is interesting because usually they do that closer mm -hmm. to the end of the tour. Mm -hmm. uh, Nagoya International Conference Center, which I think I heard is being renovated and is going to be closed for a bit. Or maybe that was something. Yeah, else. I think that was something because then people were like, well, where are people going to like run shows in Nagoya if that? Yeah, yeah. Um, and then Toyama, the Kurobe City General Sports Center Main Arena, Miyagi, um, the Messe, Yume Messe, Exhibition Hall C. And then the second last show is, well, that we think is on Monday, May 6th. At, actually, that will be the second last hall show because it's always at Corkin. But yep. they are going to uh, Sunday, May 12th, uh, will be at Yokohama Buntai, which is a new venue in Yokohama. It is not the Budokan. I believe they'll be the second wrestling company to run Buntai. Because I think Stardom yeah. is like a week before or two weeks yes. before. Stardom, I think, literally opens it or something. Yeah. yeah. So people are saying this is like a four to 5,000 seat venue. That is ballsy. Like that is, that is very yeah, ballsy. ballsy. Um, but I mean, I mean, we're assuming... I mean, that's the biggest building they've run like outside of like i mean that is bigger than like the yoyo that's is that bigger than yoyogi i think it's bigger than number two yeah well yeah number one is like a full twelve thousand. yeah number one it's definitely not bigger than number one number one is gigantic yeah so i mean it's ballsy but it's obviously i mean they're trending towards a big match right like it's probably mm -hmm. kento versus someone right yeah but then it's like, my... is it like a big name outsider? Takeshita, huh? you know. I mean, Takeshita versus Kento would sell that out. I, yo, I, unfortunately, I don't think to, uh, Kento versus Higuchi would, even though, because Higuchi never really proved to be anything of a draw. Yeah, no, I don't think you could do that with Higuchi. Although that's, and, I mean, so... Endo, Endo, Endo hasn't done anything. In forever now though. well i mean higuchi is my dream carnival uh, yes guy. no obviously because he's just the perfect fit yes um but uh you know maybe they got a deal on the building i don't know because it just opened i don't know so that might all that might also very much be the case where they're like hey we just opened this building do you want to like run it for like half price so we can say we run all of these events in our first week or, or whatever or first month of opening mm -hmm. so um yeah uh that's all Japan. Mm -hmm. I'm feeling a little better about things now. Yes. So you can all stop the Doom post. <laughs> I would very much appreciate that because I very much enjoy watching this promotion. And then I go into the fucking Discord channel and people are acting like the promotion is dead. Slightly annoying. <laughs> I think actually, no, maybe delete that slide. It is annoying. <laughs> Breaking news. Keno is taking credit for uh, Okada leaving. <laughs> <laughs> That's a very Keno move. <laughs> uh, he says the yeah, breaking the feeling of stagnation. Yeah, he's. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that is. I mean, did you see him commenting on like his match with Wagner, where he's like, "What do you? You're a second. You're a third generation wrestler. My dad was a postman. Go fuck yourself, or don't fuck <laughs> with me." <laughs> the son of a postman. Um, yep. And I was also he was also speaking Spanish. <laughs> oh yeah after you beat him yeah that was funny so good so good so yeah well that was a good transition to pro wrestling noah uh so they had like let's see here one two three four shows over like the last 10 11 days um quite i 
can't go through every match on the show on these shows. No. But let's look at the key things here. Mm-hmm. Um, on the twentieth at N- Nagano Arc Center in front of one hundred ninety one fans. I mean, all Japan is totally pulled away from the one hundred ninety one fan days. Yeah, interesting that <laughs> they don't even said. run these like they they run less shows, but they like just draw over a thousand people every single time. Now, yeah, so. I mean, even by twenty nineteen, they had they've have rarely did under like two fifty. Yeah, Noah was still doing like one hundred and fifty people. Yeah, I mean they're selling um, out. They're selling out like Shinkiba for Proteus shows now. Yeah, and like Yokohama Radiant Hall isn't any real bigger than Shinkiba. It just looks less sketch. No. Yes. <laughs> well, it is in a less sketchy location. Yeah. So. Um. Oh, so the Taishi Ozawa versus Kaido Kiyomiya match was really good. Yeah. And I strongly I that recommend really that fun. one. Yeah. Um, Ka- Kaido is really good at these because he had a really fun match with Miyawaki when he went on excursion. Yeah. He's really good at these, like beating the shit out of the young boys' matches. And you know, Kaido showed some like old man grumpiness in this one. Yeah. I mean, he is like. He's involved with the dojo, right? Like I think he's yeah. somewhat involved with training. So yeah, yeah, he very much is like, yeah, you've studied under me, so I'm gonna like make you take some lumps before you like go off on your big excursion and then come back as like someone else. To me, that was the only real notable thing on this show on the on the twentieth. Yeah, no, there wasn't really much else there. It was just all tags, and pretty much otherwise. And like Shuhei Taniguchi def- or like Hajime Ohara versus the Super Crazy. You, I didn't watch that. You couldn't pay me. Yeah, to. no. Um, and then. On the 21st at Toko, Tokyo Tama Marai Messe in front of 476 fans, Taishi Ozawa versus Raiho Oiwa, another great match. This actually mm-hmm. was shorter than the one against Kaido, but like just solid stuff. And then mm-hmm. Oiwa won with a German suplex hold. Actually, and Kyumiya won with a stretch plum style type thing. So that's yeah. worth watching on the 21st. Other things from the show. Um, I watched Goshi Ozaki versus Shuhei Taniguchi. Mm-hmm. That obviously, it, I mean, these guys did not exactly work their asses off, but it was a solid, hard hitting match. Yeah. Uh, also, just for quick of note as well, Sasaki getting his first win. Yes. Uh, in the tag match where he uh, tapped out uh, Hiroki. Mm-hmm. Uh, and of note for like the, what gives me a little bit of, because as much as I, I'm not really super happy with Daga having a junior title. Daga beating O'Hara in the tag match makes me worry that O'Hara has a real shot of winning. Seems like a silly move. I would well, still... it is the ju- well, it is the Noah yeah, junior division. Yeah, just Gerard, the Noah so. junior division. <laughs> but I would, I would just keep it on Daga. Yeah. And then the main event, two out of three falls, Jake Lee, Jack Morris, Anthony Green, LJ Klein, Yohei, and Tadasuke. Uh, defeated Kaido Kiyomiya, Manabu Soya, Masakidamiya, Dekianab, and Shuji Kondo in June to Miyawaki 2-1. to one. I thought this was really great. I had a lot of mm-hmm. fun with this match. I mean, I have to say, I'm liking Lee Drake a lot more since he lost the title. Yes. Like, he's been a lot more entertaining, though. Because the, think... savior of, the savior of January 2nd. Yes, that A, that. I think that gave him a massive boost in confidence, as, as weird as that sounds. And I think also because he is no longer the champion, I feel like the pressure is off for him a little bit as well. Like, he seems like he's having more fun now. Yeah. But yeah, no, this, this was a really great match. Like, just a really fun, like, tag match. Just, like, bodies flying everywhere. And I think they worked this really well in terms of match, match structure as well. So, yeah. 
great effort. And then on the 23rd, Daga and Hanji O'Hara went to a 10-minute time limit draw. They did this before with Aita uh, and uh, Daga, didn't they? Or who was it? They had to draw before the title match. I guess, yeah. But, ugh, yeah. Um, so I didn't watch this. <laughs> so, uh, but what you should watch from the show is uh, Manu Busori and Masakinimiya and Deki Naba uh, defeated Kaido Kimiya, Reho and Iwa, and Aka Sasaki in 16:33 with a jumping DDT from Soya on Sasaki. I thought uh, it started off slow, but it really picked up towards the end, and Soya yeah. and Sasaki worked well together. Yeah, no, they they, they sprang pretty well. Yeah, and I also thought Sasaki and Kitamiya actually worked really well together as well. Mm-hmm. Like it definitely makes me more hopeful for like Sasaki's kind of prospects. So he, he seems to. He seems to click really well with the like the Noah roster. He needs to like refine some of his spots. Yes. Like sure, his stunner, sure. which in like two seconds later he then hits like a cutter. <laughs> yeah. A running cutter. After no, a stunner. There's definitely but, some stuff oh, where like yeah. he needs to tighten things up. But, but I he, think the basics are there. The basics are there. And then I enjoyed Shuji Kondo versus Yohei in the main event. Mm-hmm. It got real good towards the end, especially. Yeah. I mean, Kondo, when he wants to, can still turn it on. And, uh, yeah, he... Again, that King Kong Lariat will always look great, but it looks even better when he hits it on someone that is, like, the size of Yohei, who just... I almost felt like Yohei did, like, three rotations in the air for that. Okay. And then on the 28th, they did Edion Arena number two in front of 494, which... That's not great at Edion. No. But it wasn't the greatest card either. It wasn't a great crowd either. Like I felt the no. crowd was a bit lifeless. They got okay during the main event. Mm-hmm. But Yoshinori Ogawa versus Rohirohe Oiwa, I loved it. Yeah, that was great. It is what you would think that match was. Yes, and also you can, also like, given the fact that Ogawa won, if you haven't seen the match, you know exactly the, how Ogawa won because he won in the most Ogawa way possible. Yeah, of course. And of course, there was lots of leg work and everything like that. It was just so much, just, just like so good. Yeah. Um, I Did you watch Keno and O'Hara versus Wagner and Daga? Uh, I yes, did I not. Did watch how was that? Uh, it was really good as well. Again, another one where like I'm kind of getting worried because of the result. Uh, with yeah. Wagner tapping out, uh, with Keno tapping out Wagner with the Keno special in the preview tag. I'm like, that seems like it's building towards Wagner beating Keno, which, mm-hmm. I mean, I'm not fully against it. I just think Keno is so hot at the moment. It feels like a mistake to take the title off of him. Mm-hmm. But Wagner would still be a good choice. But, like, Keno's just so good. Like, don't, don't take the title off of him now. No, no, I don't, I don't think so. And then... um. The main event for the GHC Junior Heavyweight Tag Team title, Yohei and Tadasuke defeated Shuji Kondo and Junta Miyawaki in 19 minutes and 39 seconds with a drop kick from Yohei on Miyawaki. I thought this was really good too. Yeah. They got no, the crap into it. it was a nice match. Yeah. Like, I think Junta was a great underdog. I think Miyawaki is out of uh, exile or blockhouse yeah. or however you want to state it. Although I do think they actually should have won. Maybe. I, I do think Yohei and Tarasuke are like are great champions, but especially because, you know, it would have been such a nice feel-good story, right? Where like Miyamaki was just eating shit for like a year, and he finally like 
gets there, like Kondo actually like motivates him to actually become better, and then they like win the titles here. I think it would have been like a really nice, feel good moment. Uh, yeah, I think you can save that for something bigger. True, but I mean, especially because seeing who will like the challenges afterwards, where I'm like, we're gonna keep doing this Vatels thing forever, aren't we? Right. Who are the challenges again? I forgot. Uh, Ada and Hayata. Oh, right. Yes. Well, of course. Yeah, <laughs> of course. And <laughs> see, the thing is, they might actually win. No, they're obviously going to win. That's what yeah. I mean. And then, and then someone's going to turn on someone. And then, yeah. Do you think, like, one of the good-looking guys turn on each other? Or, I don't know, Hayata turns on Ata after they win the titles. Of course. I get, yeah, you can't. You can't because uh, again, if one of the GLG guys turns on each other, that would make some sense as much as I would hate it. But like mm -hmm. they, they're gonna have Hayata and Ata win, and then Hayata is gonna like turn on Ata and like hook back up with Stinger because reasons. Mm -hmm. And then, um, so that is that, Paul. Before we go over a preview of February 4th show, mm -hmm. um, let's do a quick uh, uh segue into Dragon Gate. Did you watch the uh, Twin Gate match from uh, the Gate of Bayside? I have not, but I have read Case Lowe's review, who gave it glowing remarks and called it the best tag match of the year so far. Oh, I thought it was pretty awesome. Yeah, I watched it. That's the only thing I watched from the show. Uh, it was great. I mean, you could, there's a couple minutes you could have added to the match, in all honesty, but uh, otherwise, it was awesome and worth tracking down. And Kaido and Alejandro work like flawlessly together. Yeah, that that's one I'm I'm actually surprised about how well they seemingly like mesh well together. So track I that mean, Kaito is a great worker, but it's just not something I expected that, that that's a team that really bangs apparently. Yeah. So track that down if you want if you're mm -hmm. a fan but don't want yeah, to now I definitely need to, yeah, because now there's like two very high like recommendations for it so now i really like just need to like go and watch it okay and then so on february 4th at um oh uh sendai sun plaza hall mm -hmm. we've got aka sasaki takashi sugura and naomichi marafuji versus real timothy thatcher juhi taniguchi and saxon huxley i think it's time to give aka a pin over like huxley or taniguchi yep. or something yeah, um, especially on a big show. Kaido Kimi and Ryohei Oiwa versus Yu Awada and Yoshinari Ogawa. That should rock. Mm -hmm. uh, we've got Jake Lee, Tadasuke, and Yohei versus Kazuyuki Fujita, Shuji Kondo, and Juta Miyawaki. That is a very random match, yeah. Yeah. Not sure what to expect there with Fujita and everything. And then we got Hajime Ohara versus Daga for the GHC Junior title. And I've never ever wanted Daga to win oh. as much as I do now. See what here's what I just said, right? Like it's Hayata's gonna turn on Ada, join back up with Stinger, and O'Hara is gonna beat Daga, and then Hayata is gonna beat O'Hara, and we're gonna have to watch an O'Hara with Hayata junior title match. Yeah, oh god. Uh oh I'm sorry, I, I missed a couple matches. The first match, Ninja Mac versus Alejandro versus LJ Cleary. And uh yeah, second match be, that should be fun. Menabu Soya, Masakidamiya, Deki and Aba. Hayata and Eita versus Go, Muhammad Yone, Akatoshi Saito, Atsushi Katoga, and Hiroki. So, like, versus Team Noah. Mm -hmm. 
Um, that sure is a match. Yeah. In the semi-main over the junior title, got Jack Morris and Anthony Green versus Dragon Bane and Alpha Wolf. Do you, I think, do you think the winner. brothers have a chance? I think it will. I think it will. Do you think the brothers have a chance? I wouldn't rule it out. I wouldn't rule it out. I think if I put a gun to my head, I'm thinking GLG retains here. But I do think the brothers actually do have a chance. Yeah. It depends how much longer they're going to be around because they've been like on this tour for like a long time now. Yeah. So uh, quality. I think it'll be pretty good. I mean, Morris's strengths are still tagged. Green works with the juniors well. So mm-hmm. I think it could be a banger. Yeah, definitely. And like I said, it really kind of depends on like how well the GLD team can like just base for these guys because if they do, they're going to do some really crazy stuff. Yeah. And then main event for the third defense of the GHC Heavyweight Championship, Keto versus Dr. Wagner, El Hio to Dr. Wagner Jr. Paul, I mean, I think this will be amazing and I'm pretty sure Keno will win. What are your thoughts? Um, yeah, I also agree the match is going to rock. I think I have pretty high expectations for that. It's like exactly the kind of match I wanted out of this Keno reign, where just it feels like like it's refreshing the promotion, right? It's like a fresh challenger and everything. Um, like I said, I don't think it would be the wrong decision to pull the title on Wagner here. It's just that Keno is so hot that like I would just keep the title on him. I think that is definitely the, the correct decision to keep the title on Keno. Mm-hmm. And like even if kind of Wagner loses here, I think he's gonna go. Like he has resigned, but like, he is going to go away for a bit afterwards. Oh, okay. Well, not uh, well. I don't know for how much longer, but he is going to be in Europe for Carrot. Oh, right. Yes. So he's definitely leaving Japan at some point. Which again, yeah, that probably points to Keno just retaining the title here. Yeah. Because I don't think Noah wants to like Wagner to work Carrot as like champion. No. So, yeah, so, like, if even if he loses here, he's probably, he might, like, go away for a bit afterwards, maybe, like, go to Mexico for a bit as well, and then come back, and, like, that's just gonna, like, he can rebuild. Do you remember if it was just a year contract or what? I don't know. Like, he did say that he has be signed with Noah, but I don't think he mentioned for how long. Okay, yeah. So that's that. I have to say, sort of as we expected... Still a lot of there's some still dry stuff on those undercards. Mm-hmm. Like I don't team Noah is not doing anything for me except no. Even though I want to see that show on the 15th of February. Oh yeah, no, I'm I'm looking forward to that show, but it's like otherwise team Noah is just like. What are we doing of, here? <laughs> and that's a lot of the undercard. Um, yeah. Well, let me see. Is there any more matches announced for that show? Um, no, that was announced. Oh, we got Ishikawa versus Yu Owada. I don't yeah. know. If we, yeah, yeah, yeah. We had said that before, and and obviously Ishikawa's in the King of DDT too. Uh, so that might have been the only thing that got announced. Owada literally dragging out the average age at the show by like multiple years. <laughs> well, let's see. I think Kotoge might be the youngest. Otherwise, yeah, I think yeah, yeah. Kotoge is by far the youngest one. Otherwise. Yeah, I mean he's by far the youngest one in Team Noah. So. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so um, yeah, I mean that's perfect because that is two weeks from today. So uh, then we can come back and talk about that because there's not a whole lot other than that Noah show and then the New Age Chronicle. 
Uh, but yeah, I think coming. I think the general one point you wanted to make though is like that Noah does feel refreshed though. Noah it does, does feel refreshed, yes. Yeah. And I'm enjoying it, and it's turning a corner. Yeah, definitely. And again, I think Keno has a lot to do with that because he just kind of elevates everything. But there is also some stuff on the undercard as well. Like I think well, like, watching Sasaki develop is good. They're using. I think Futa. the Oiwa thing is actually working, and oh yeah. GLG and Jake in general actually feeling refreshed. I think it's helping at a ton as well. Yeah, Jake is turning a corner. Yeah. Is, is he going to sucker us in one more time? I've been sucking in before by Jake a few times, and I'm not going to lie. Yes, but I but I all I think I've said like two times already on the show. It's like oh, I'm not, I'm going to get let myself get sucked in one more time, but if he turn if he like lets me down again, I'm not going to do it again and I just keep doing it. <laughs> I mean, he is doing it again. <laughs> yeah. So we'll see. I mean, if it, I assume that some of this has got to lead to um, another match against Kaido, right? Yeah. Uh, I mean, that that's also really helping that, like, this whole, like, Jake versus Kaido feud is, like, the most interesting thing either man has done. Well, kind of since Jake has come into the promotion, really, or actually really like kind of the most interesting thing Kaito has done since he lost to Okada. Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely. So that is good. So finally, both companies are in a, uh, a solid position mm -hmm. and they're trending upwards. So that's nice to see. And I, I hope like eventually that will lead to like improved business for Noah as well. For sure. Well, yeah. Um, well, I mean, once you start getting into the spring, they got some ambitious uh, schedules coming up. Mm. They got a sumo hall show. Yeah, I'm curious about that one. So, I mean, especially because that one was the one that is um like the Monday Magic one, right? Yeah, sort of. Because that means it's a mystery vortex show, which running a mystery vortex show in sumo hall is. An I would be shocked. Idea. I would be shocked if they actually did a um, um that they actually did a mystery I mean, it's show. Insane! It's an insane idea if they actually do it. Oh, totally insane! But we'll see. I uh, yeah. I wouldn't put it past them, but I would very much be surprised if they did. But all Monday Magic shows are mystery vortex, right? Yeah. Well, maybe Ninja Mac will finally defend his title. Yeah. Well, he did defend it in Texas. Oh. There was a press release about that. <laughs> Who did you defend it against? Uh, some local Texas guy. I don't oh, remember okay. the name. But yeah, they, they, Noah PR sent us a press release about Ninja Mac defending his title in Texas. Well, there you go. Yeah. <laughs> So, yeah, so we'll be back in about two weeks to talk about all of that and New Age Chronicle and the big um, Limit Break show at Cork. And so for Paul, I'm Gerard, and we'll see you very soon. Hola, hola. My name is Ricardo. I am the host of the Lucha Jovers podcast here in the Voices of Wrestling podcast network. We are a Spanish-speaking show dedicated to discussing and analyzing pro wrestling from all across the world. From AW to CMLL, we talk about American wrestling, Japanese wrestling, and of course, Lucha Libre. 
if something big happened in the progressing world, we will talk about it. So if you know Spanish or have a friend that knows Spanish or want to practice your Lucha Libre pronunciations, go listen to the Lucha Jovers podcast right here in the Voices of Wrestling Podcast Network. Nos vemos por ahí.